Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Internet Marketing. to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing, and today I'm joined by Scott Colnett, Product Manager at Site Visibility. Hello, Scott. Hi, Andy. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do. What does a product manager do? I'm pretty much involved with all of the team in one respect or another. So I essentially what I try and do is identify customer needs, meet those customer needs with the strengths of our team, create products that people actually want to use and they get benefits from. And then I've always got one eye on the market as well to take advantage of new technology, software and growth opportunities. Fantastic. So today's show is about uh, upcoming technology and how it's going to impact digital marketers. So Scott, I know you've got some thoughts on this. Uh, we've got, you know, what technology has recently been introduced? I mean, I'm thinking specifically of Amazon Echo. What technology is coming that's going to disrupt the, the space? Well, I guess um, Amazon Echo is a good place to start. It kind of... It spurred this conversation in this podcast today a little bit and um, more recently with Google announcing their Google Home device, which is their rival device for Amazon Echo. But um, yeah, so Amazon, Amazon Echo has been out for around 18 months now. I think they've sold maybe, I think I saw recently with around 3 million units. And it's kind of kick-started, I, I would say, voice and conversational search and really everyone's attitude towards devices in the home and how that's going to change and their and their thoughts on how it's going to change so um yeah amazon echo, echo was followed by a couple of smaller products that were they, they worked on similar things so amazon dot was kind of a sister device it's a smaller device but mm. it utilizes conversational uh, technology uh, you can use voice control to control things around the home to ask it questions it's kind of like siri but for the home yeah but it's got more of a shopping centric functionality to it and then to follow on, I think it was earlier this year, uh, maybe around March time, they introduced Amazon Tap, which was another extension of these kind of product ranges. And it was more of a mobile solution. So rather than it being in the home, you can introduce it, you can uh, take it to the beach, that kind of thing. And it has that mo- uh, that Bluetooth kind of functionality to work as a speaker as well. Yeah, yeah. But what was really interesting is that Google announced their arrival to it last month at Google I.O., their annual conference. And it looks like that might change and kind of dictate where digital marketing and where devices and technology goes next. 
You mentioned the Google products because there's Home yeah. and there's Assistant, aren't there? Are they two separate products, yeah. effectively? Uh, yes. Yeah. So Assistant is their, their new name or the, well, the terminology that's going to be used for their virtual assistant. So the machine, the machine learning that drives and is the core functionality of Google Home. But Google Assistant won't be exclusive to Google Home. It will also be rolled out across mobile devices as well and across Android. So Google Assistant will be at the core of Google Home, the device, but it's also going to be at the core of a new app called Google Allo, yeah. uh, which is their new, it's kind of the, their version of WhatsApp, but it introduces machine learning and AI and assistance as part of it. So if you, there's an instructional video, which they kind of demonstrated at Google I.O., and it shows someone kind of having a conversation with one of their friends, but then the virtual assistant will chip in with suggestions. So <laughs> if you're saying to a friend, where, where, where should we go for dinner tonight? You know, Google can chip in, the assistant can chip in and say, oh, you might want to choose these places. Um, and then you can say, okay, please book that for us, Google, and it will go and book it for you. And so they announced that Google Home will be released. Uh, it looks like, I think, for the end of this year or by the end of this year. So it's really soon. And, a lot, and also uh, Allo, the app, is also coming this year. And the what's uh, I think even more interesting is that price point. It doesn't seem like it's going to be too high. A lot of uh, a lot of the blogs and the kind of technology blogs are predicting that it'll be around the hundred pound, hundred fifty pound price mark for the UK. So yeah. not too expensive. Uh, the idea of a Google Assistant that's sort of chipping in is uh, it's prime for a sort of comedy sketch. But anyway, anyway joking aside, um, this whole notion of, uh, you know, sort of voice recognition attached to sort of AI uh, attached to the net, it's going to have impacts in it. I'm, I'm specifically thinking about, you know, voice search, conversational search. What's, what's going to mm-hmm. be changing, do you reckon? Well, I think um, just to start off, if we to kind of think a bit more practical about marketing and things like SEO, it's going to change the way in which we do keyword research and just research in general. So just to give an example, one thing that I predict is that, so at the moment we ask search engines full questions. We may ask the, just as an example, it might be, how old is Barack Obama? Mm. And then it will give us our age, and uh, his age, sorry. And then we may ask afterwards, and where was uh, Barack Obama born? But with conversational search, those long tail searches might start to disappear a little. So instead of asking, how old is Barack Obama? And then following up with the full question, uh, you know, where was Barack Obama born? It may be, and where was he born? And so we we lose that little bit of context in search queries. And that's really interesting because the full question is now removed. And I think for me, what I'm thinking about uh, as a researcher is that that may lean towards us researching more on a topical basis than a keyword basis. So typically, particularly within SEO, we look at keywords and maybe we look at groups of keywords, yeah. but development may be more within the topical area. So some uh, listeners of the po- podcast might be familiar with Moz and the fact that Moz have recently introduced the concept and technology behind topical analysis. And that's kind of where I think we'll need to go in order to research our audience a little bit more. But to extend that as well, it may, I think, uh, an overarching aspect of all of this will be that we may be searching in more of a conversational language than what I consider a search language. Yeah. So, so because essentially we're no longer searching for things, we're either asking or instructing devices to do things for us. So, you know, just as an example, at the moment, if I'm a searcher and I'm searching in Google, I may search what to do if you have a headache. Yeah. Whereas that, that might become, 
okay, Google, I've got a headache. What do I need to do? Yeah, much more declarative. Yeah, definitely. Commanditive, um, if that's a real word. (laughs) Well, no, completely. And on that note, definitely. And and on that topic, I think that, um, you know, beyond marketing, it will will make us more expectant. It will probably change behavior outside of the home, particularly Google Home, a little bit more. Because as soon as you've got access, I mean, think about Wi-Fi. Uh, When Wi-Fi was introduced, it was kind of a luxury at first. And now we demand it. We expect it. We ask where the Wi-Fi password is. We're going to expect things quicker and we're possibly going to expect these devices and these things to work in a similar way in different environments. You know, it may be that we leave an office and alongside a receptionist in an an office reception, we expect one of these devices that we can go and book our Uber from. Mm. Um, And that may become the expectant behaviour that that will be a result of this. What about attribution? How is this new approach, do you think, going to affect attribution? Well, I think the key thing for me is that it appears to me as though the growth of the, the growth of technology is kind of faster than the attribution companies can keep up with. So ultimately, I don't know, but I, I think it's going to become more and more difficult for attribution companies to keep up with the different touch points. There's now obviously home devices for attribution companies to consider. Mm. And I think that one thing that this leads to is that it may come full circle. So as much as, you know, there's the concept of big data and uh, data super important to marketers, uh, and that's not going to go away, I actually think that more recently, in recent years, maybe five to ten years, there's been such a heavy focus on data that we've maybe, and this isn't everyone, but I can certainly say it to myself, you, you lose sight of the fact that you can talk to customers, and particularly marketing agencies, you should be talking to your customers' customers. And it may come full circle and lead us to have things like more focus groups, speaking one-to-one, because there are going to be more scenarios, and this kind of leads on to a topic that I wanted to talk about in terms of scenario-based content, as opposed to just... You know, as marketers, we're used to breaking down personas and there's persona development, and then we can do our online research. But ultimately, I think that there's a new type of uh, market or a new type of audience that we should be targeting and thinking about a lot more, and those are scenario-based markets. And so we should be thinking about the content and things that we're going to give to, uh, that are going to be most useful to those scenario-based markets. And attribution's got to keep up with all that. And I think... For me, more than anything, if there are, and it, it could just be lack of experience on my part, but I've not seen attribution case studies that are keeping up with this technology. And I'd love to hear from any companies that are working on this type of technology to connect some of these new devices a little bit clearer. Now, a subject I really wanted to get my teeth into in, in this chat was virtual reality. I mean, it's been mm-hmm. in the news recently. Facebook have been doing things with it. How might virtual reality affect search? What should marketers be thinking about? Well, um, yeah, you touched on, I mean, in general, it's one thing that if you're not paying attention to it already after this podcast, you should go away and do some research. So I think that, again, there's, there'll be an expectancy there. And I think that part of, I think what's going to be crucial to unlocking VR for the wider market. So at the moment, it seems like, uh, you know, uh, entertainment industries have adopted VR and have been working on VR. Um, healthcare has. But I think that when Android, um, I think it's on Android M, they're introducing an, an initiative or an expansion of Android called Daydream mm. that will open it up to the wider market. And I think that that's when we may see a boom in your, your average person on the street speaking about VR and utilizing VR uh, a little bit more. So um, in terms of what they should be thinking about, uh, one thing you know straight away that I would, I'll be thinking about is going and looking at 
your brand name, definitely, um, and also your competitors' brand names. Just this is SEO or just search in general. Append virtual reality, append VR. Go see if uh, your users are, are expecting this because I've already seen some, particularly in hotel, the hotel industry, people are searching for you know, brand name hotels and then search volumes associated with the virtual reality around that. Mm. So your your audience, if you you know, you might be working in the hotel industry, listen to this, your audience are probably going to be expecting that now, if not very shortly. The other the other thing is that you may want to think about yeah, I guess how you may capitalize on VR. This this is really one of the advantages for some of the bigger companies that can invest in VR right now. As soon as Android opens up VR to the average user, it gives smaller companies and people the opportunity to utilize that platform in new and interesting ways. And whereas at the moment, and maybe for the next six months, it's going to be a little bit more tricky because you need the budget for that. So if you're a big company and you've put off VR, it's a ch- your chance to get ahead. If you've got that budget sitting there, you should invest it in exploring virtual okay, your virtual reality solution. In terms of specifically search, uh, what I think is really interesting, I, I, really, I don't know how it will affect us, but um, it's coming, is that at that conference, Google I.O., Google announced that they're going to allow you to navigate the App Store in virtual reality as well. Yeah. So... Again, uh, your visual elements, it could just be things, I, I, I don't know how it's going to pan out, but, you know, it's a visual platform, it's in front of your face. So as alongside things like App Store optimization, if you're already invested in your apps, you want to be thinking about the visual side of uh, the things that you're presenting in that store, making sure that your it could just be logos, it could be screenshots, it could be demos. Mm. You know, we've got, we've got app streaming at the moment. We're going to have some kind of VR streaming for your apps as well at some point. So I guess the visuals and the design of it is going to become significantly important as well. It's certainly a very interesting area. We could probably uh, delve a bit more deeply into another, another show, perhaps another podcast. I definitely think that's the case for virtual reality, yeah. So just moving forward then, um, I know it's a big area, we've only just literally scraped the surface, but sort of um, final thoughts, tips? So yeah, so most practical tips are uh, definitely go away and start doing your, so I mentioned about appending VR virtuality to your brand name, your competitor brand names, go and do that today, that's something you should go look at. But also start putting those brand names in social listening tools, because even if there's not search volume, you may find interesting ways in which users right now are suggesting they want to, you know, it could be a passing regard on social media. Oh, we'd love it. You know, someone says, oh, we'd love it if Hilton or Yotel had a virtual reality service. You know, you can, there's probably that information and those ideas being generated by users for you already. Yeah. So use social listening tools to go and look at that information. Just generally um, put your industry name into different keyword tools, again, into social listening tools and see what the conversation is that around that. What I found interesting, I, I was recently doing something within hotel and travel, just a little bit of research. And I looked, uh, I think it was, this was maybe 12 to 18 months ago. I think it was Thompson and Virgin started to offer VR that kind of VR immersive holiday experiences yes. within travel within travel agents. So you yeah. can go in. Now that is going to come to the home. It's, there's no doubt that that's going to happen. Um, so just start looking at how people you're using it in your industry, if at all. And maybe if it's not your industry and you don't think anyone is using it in your industry, have a look at some peripheral industries because then you could be the first to adapt. And, you know, as marketers, it's sometimes particularly useful to become first adopters of things. So, mm. yeah, go, go away uh, and look at that stuff straight away. Put your keywords into tools, see what comes back and just start 
planting those seeds to, uh, well, either yourself and sparking ideas for yourself or to the rest of your team. The second thing, and I think this is going to become crucial, and it's something I'm definitely guilty of, is that we need to speak to our customers, customers more. So don't just rely on the data alone. Yeah. Get a feel for the scenarios in which they're using your websites, your apps, and yeah, where, where they're really using you, utilizing you and finding your company useful. That's not to say step away from data entirely, but take a, uh, take a greater step towards your customers, I think is the crucial thing that I'm saying. And again, uh, maybe it's focus groups that you start out with that and yeah, uh, just start with focus groups and talking to the customers a little bit more. And I think the final point is really start to break down that scenario-based content. So in the past, I think there's been, you know, I'm familiar with the concept of trigger markets. Um, so events in people's lives that trigger your marketing activity. Yeah. Search markets, search markets, so people that have a peripheral interest that may stumble upon your company and passion markets, like your dedicated users. But I think now there's the opportunity to think more of scenario-based markets. And that's a crucial concept, I'd say, to take away. And that a lot of that is derived from speaking to the pre- two previous points, really, speaking to your customers and doing a little bit more around topical research. And actually, uh, one final point that just comes to mind as I'm speaking about this is if, particularly in relation to virtual reality, whether we're an agency or you're in-house somewhere, go and experiment with this technology now you can buy a virtual reality headset and utilize google cardboard which is a kind of introductory service into virtual reality yeah and you can get that for i think like 10 pounds you know it's it's quick it's easy it can be fun for people to get familiar with the technology and there's no reason that you shouldn't be doing that already to yeah to help spark some of those ideas so dipping your toe in virtual reality doesn't have to break the bank it doesn't have to. Until now, I bought a device a few months back for, yeah, it was about 20 quid. And mm. in, in fact, what was interesting is that we had, through our Google partner status, uh, they've been sending around agencies a the Google Cardboard device to all agencies. Um, you know, they're, they're investing and trying to get agencies using these devices and familiar with this technology as well. And I, I think ultimately what that comes down to, we didn't discuss it earlier, but expect ads in the home at some point in some capacity. I was just reading today that, I think it was a Facebook Live, maybe. I can't remember. I think it was Facebook Live. Yeah. Uh, looking, uh, looking at introducing live ads within live video. It's going to come in at home. It's going to come with home devices. It's going to come uh, live on YouTube. It's going to come live on Periscope a little bit more and those kind of things. So um, I think we can, at some point, look forward to ads in the home as well. I'm not quite sure if look forward is the, is the correct uh, term. but um, <laughs> depends, how they, depends how they utilize, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, Scott, thanks yeah. so much for talking to us. Uh, just finally, how can our listeners uh, find out more about you and more about what you do at SiteViz? I, I'm happy to give out my... I'd like to, just, I'd like to hear from companies that are invested in the attribution area and particularly across devices. Mm. Um, but also I'd like to look, I'd like to hear from people that are really invested in these topics and the future of, I guess, these devices and marketers. Mm. So if people want to call me, I'm happy to give out my number, which is maybe a scary thing, but I, I, I'm really interested to hear from people on this topic. This could be a first on the podcast, but go ahead. Is it? Okay, so I'm going to give out my number. And uh, if I don't answer the phone, just WhatsApp me because that's probably going to be the easiest way. Uh, but it's 07828635136. Yeah, I'll repeat that again. 07828635136. I think the crucial thing is that definitely with our, our podcast listeners, is there's lots of people with interesting thoughts. And, you know, today's quite a futurist 
topic mm. but to get the most out of it we need to also have the blend of practical advice so i'd love to hear about the practical tips as well that people are utilizing and that we can you know share on this podcast in future if people don't want to do the phone method then uh, they can email me uh, at site visibility so scott.colnut at sitevisibility.co.uk maybe it's .com I think it's .com and you spell my surname C-O-L-E-N-U-T-T or you can email me on my personal email which is hello at scottcolnut.com you brave man of course you could email the uh, the normal podcast email uh, or the podcast uh, email yeah podcast yeah. at sitevisibility.com or the special line plus four four one two seven three two five six one five oh I normally say that at the end. I'm going to confuse myself now. But Scott, thanks so much for coming on. And thanks to our listeners. Show notes in the usual place, sitevisibility.com slash podcast. We're on iTunes and Stitcher at least. And uh, yes, please give us a review because if we get some nice reviews, we can hit more people and help more people and, and just basically have we can all have more fun in the internet marketing space. Um, that's it then apart from those two things I told you the email address and the phone number Um, so it's goodbye from me Andy and goodbye from me as well thank you and we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 